Welcome to the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and I want to give a shout out again to the fans out there for continuing to support the show. Shout out to all the fans out there stateside and worldwide for joining us on social media, for hitting us up on TikTok, for joining the YouTube page and subscribing. And for continuing to show us love and spread the word out there to all your family and friends. We definitely appreciate everything you've done for us over the course of the show. We're getting ready to wrap up 2022, y'all. I know it seems strange that time is moving so fast, but time never stands still. And we want to make sure that we close out this year on a high note. So make sure y'all are staying tuned. We have a few good things lined up this last month of the year. want to make sure that we have a few treats to close out the year and bring you into 2023. And 2023 will be absolutely awesome and huge for the show. So make sure y'all staying tuned. Visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com to listen to all the episodes. Leave a review or a voice note. You can also visit our Buy Me A Coffee page there to support the show monetarily. And of course, you can get to all of our social media pages there straight from vaultclassicpod.com. As we always like to say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault. Hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And today, we're going to go back to 30 years ago. We'll go back to November 24th, 1992, for the debut album of none other than The Far Side, Bizarre Ride 2, The Far Side, released on Delicious Vinyl and East West Records, recorded between 1991 and 1992. At Hollywood Sound Studio in Hollywood, California, with a runtime of 56 minutes and 41 seconds. The producers on this, former group member, was a group member at the time, but was then left after this album, Jay Swift, L.A. Kid, and of course, Slim Kid Trey, who was one of the members of the group, The Far Side. The singles from Bizarre Ride 2, Your Mama, released October 1992. The classic Passing Me By, released on March of 1993. For Better or For Worse, released in 93, and an Other Fish, released on September 16th, 1993, which did cause some tension amongst the group and an antidote that we'll share just a little bit later. But Bizarre Ride to the Far Side, by Far Side of the group, the West Coast, as we like to call them, alternative hip-hop group that was made up of Slim Kid Trey, Fat Lip, Imani, Booty Brown, and also, at this point in time, Jay Swift, who produced the debut album. They started out at first as dancers in the late 80s in California, and at first they wanted to be just dancers. From what I understand, rapping was almost sort of like a backseat to their dancing in the beginning. Imani and Slim Kid Trey were in a group. Later, they were introduced to Booty Brown, who was a backup dancer for Fat Lip. They all joined together. They met up with Jay Swift. They started this group, and then they started recording music and eventually made it up to the point where they ended up getting this deal and recorded this debut album which became Bizarre Ride 2. Now, in 1992, let's go back. Now, we just did Ice Cube's The Predator, and we talked about the temperature, what was going on in regards to West Coast hip-hop and what was going on, especially in Southern California during that time, how the power dynamic was starting to shift from the East Coast over to the West Coast and points west from east 
and how that was starting to change the game a little bit. And when you think about West Coast rap in 1992, everybody automatically goes Dr. Dre. Everybody goes to Death Row. They go to Snoop Dogg. They go to Ice Cube. But this was a group based directly right in South Central L.A., a group, the far side, that really didn't fit the mold of what many people looked at as at that time was stereotypical West Coast, Southern California hip hop. Looking at the acts I just mentioned, also acts like MC8 and DJ Quick. You could continue to name all the different Southern California rap groups during that time, which became to define what would be the power dynamic in the early 1990s as Death Row and other labels started to emerge. And these rap acts from Southern California made the West Coast the power dynamic in hip hop altogether. But there was something developing outside on the fringe. And it didn't start with the far side altogether. I mean, to say that would definitely be an injustice to so many different other things that were happening during that time. The far side dropped in 1992 with this bizarre ride too. Earlier in the decade, as early as maybe a year earlier, a couple of years earlier, you had a couple of different albums that dropped that also contributed to this alternative hip-hop scene that sort of served as the yang to the yang, which many people saw sort of like the gangster rap base of what was West Coast hip-hop. And one of them was To Whom It May Concern by Freestyle Fellowship, which came out in October of 1991. The other was the classic I Wish My Brother George Was Here by Del the Funky Homo Sapien, which came out a couple of weeks after that in October of 1991. These two acts were outside of the mold of what many considered West Coast hip-hop to be, typical West Coast hip-hop to be. It was alternative, meaning that it really didn't fit inside of the mold of what you were hearing from those acts that I named earlier, and they had a little bit more of an easy feel to them. When people talk about alternative hip-hop, People get a certain idea in their head. And when you travel from where that phrase first started from maybe the late 80s to the early 90s into like now, like even some people will probably even consider De La Soul and Trap Call Quest and the Jungle Brothers native tongues. They would consider that alternative hip hop. Like you get an idea of what you think those groups talk about, what their subject matter is going to be about. Those two projects I mentioned and eventually what Farside did, they provided an alternative that made the life of living out on the West Coast a little bit easier than just pretty much being presented by the typical West Coast hip hop albums. And so for that, they definitely carved out a lane amongst rap fans and necessarily weren't really buying into the West Coast type of gangster rap music. And those were also not really into the glamorization of living in California being parties and forties and blunts and chronic all the time, because you saw that in so many of these different acts, Cypress Hill to throw his course in that realm as well. What far side did groups also as well, like freestyle fellowship and an act like Dell, the funky homo sapien sort of was to me helped to create the West coast sort of, I don't want to say the equivalent of the native tongues, but almost sort of like, I guess, some distance cousins that lived in California. And not necessarily cousins that were right around the same age, probably like some younger cousins that were growing up watching their older cousins do their thing, and they were influenced sort of by what was going on during that time. Now, this turns out to be definitely, this turns out to be important, because as we see, And the development of West Coast hip hop, it also continues on to alternatives being established of groups later on in the decade, which we'll get to a little bit later on. But of course, we want to get the bizarre ride, too. And we're going to go ahead and get into it. First thoughts and reflections. 
So first thoughts about Bizarre Ride 2. Now, to be honest, I first heard the album Bizarre Ride 2 only after I heard the second album, the sophomore album, which was Lab Cabin California. Now, Lab Cabin California came out in 1995. I was in the eighth grade during that time. You know, of course, taken aback by how big Running and Drop was and an album that I thought actually was pretty good. And knowing what I knew about the far side and very limited doses during that time, I was intrigued to go back to listen to more what they had. But it was something I never really followed up on, though. I was just like, you know what? This is cool. I'll stick with this. I would listen and hear more from the far side. Like, I would hear them on a lot of remixes. I heard them featured and members featured on a lot of different tracks afterwards. In particular, the one song that stood out to me the most was on the Doing Time remix with Sublime, which is to me one of my favorite remixes of that particular song. I love that remix with Sublime on the far side of Doing Time. Probably fast forward maybe about four to five years later as I'm finishing up high school and getting ready to go into college and I really start digging into albums that I really didn't get a chance to listen to when I was around 10 years old and when they were 11 years old, 12 years old, because I didn't really dig into music that that heavy. I kind of went in and got what I got based on what either my sisters or my cousins or friends had or what I would go in and buy myself when I finally started making money. I started going in back and listening to albums right around this period. And this is one of the first albums I dug into was listening to Bizarre Ride 2 by finding it in a bin somewhere in one of those record shops, I want to say probably somewhere in Silver Spring, Maryland. And I took it home and listened to it. And I, this time I had already heard passing me by. And I was, of course, classic track, loved that track. It was great. When I dug more into the album, what I remembered is listening to the track, Your Mama, and remembering that track from the fifth grade. That this track, Your Mama, which is for the first single that was on Bizarre Ride 2, <laughs> came out when I was in the fifth grade. And when you're in the fifth grade and you're a boy and you're growing up and you're around friends, around this time in 1992, this was like right around the time when the height of Your Mama jokes was, to me, at least I think, was at its height. And you had to come with the best Your Mama jokes that you going to sit out there in Joan. And growing up in Prince George's County, right outside the nation's capital, Jonah was our thing, and you need to be able to Joan. If you couldn't Joan, then you were pretty much stay inside during recess or hide during the lunch table and not say nothing for fear you might get fired up or your mama might get fired up. But I remember listening to that, and I'm like, damn, that was the far side, right? Because we all used to sit there and sing, like, the damn hooks from this song. Like, your mama got a glass eye with a fish in it. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Who thinks about something like that? But it was so damn funny because it was just like so irreverent. Who would think about making a song up or something like that right at the height of your mama joke central? And that really described the feeling that I got from a lot of the rest of the album. As I started to dig into it, it's like, yo, a lot of this shit is like really easygoing. You could definitely tell that they were some smokers, hence the title of a few of their tracks. And you can tell that like, you know, they were easygoing. They like to joke around. They didn't take themselves too seriously, but they definitely were serious about the music. The music they were making was good and it was good and quality music, but you just had an easygoing vibe to it. It really was something that when you listened, it was like, all right, where are these guys from? And if you would have ever said California, okay, you could probably see it now, but in considering the landscape during that time, they were completely on the other side of the field of what most of the West Coast rap was sounding like 
and what the tenor was like of West Coast rap during that time. And that's why I think they carved out such a loyal but small fan base because people wanted an alternative. Hence the reason, like I talked about Freestyle Fellowship and also with Del the Funky Hulk Homo Sapien. You give someone who is looking for an alternative to all that and they'll follow you. And especially if they love your music and you put out quality content, they'll continue to listen. So I'm listening to Bizarre Ride 2 and I keep that sort of in the tuck. And then I'm starting to dig more into the group and also sort of comparing it up against Lab Cabin California. And I'm like, all right. Now I can definitely see like where you see the folks who are hardcore Farside fans, why they like them so much, because it definitely gives you a certain type of vibe. And it is a difference that you get from one side of the spectrum to the other. And now after all these years to see people still reference this album as one of their favorites. And when you talk about the group, this is that as many people will say by far their magnum opus, it is an album that 30 years afterwards, you're looking at it and it's like, man, look what this album helped to create on the West coast and eventually help the spread, not just here, but as a result of the people that they inspired, the acts that they inspired, not just around the country, but all around the world. And this sort of style of hip hop that they could, they helped to revolutionize and also help to spread and make popular around the country. Alternative hip hop is something that, you know, whether you call it that or want to call it by another name, it's something that doesn't have a very big commercial opportunity in regards of making money or dollars as far as album sales are concerned. But when it comes to touring, when it comes to being able to have a loyal fan base that will stick with you throughout times, what they are, they are consistent. And those fans will be fans of you when they are 16 and they'll be fans of you against again when you're 60. I mean, it really was fun loving music and you got to love the way that the group members sort of balanced each other out. Like you had the voice of Booty Brown who had that high pitched voice and then Slim Kid Trey who would be kind of smooth and sort of bouncing around the track and then Imani who would add his style to it as well. So what you had was a group man that was very well balanced and despite all the turmoil behind the scenes, as I've read about this in so many of the years past that was going on, it was really surprising to see that they could make this kind of music be in sync, but things be so chaotic behind the scenes. But you gotta love that. Highlights and lowlights. So my highlights and... (laughs) Shout out definitely as well, man, to Jay Swift. Um, He did his thing to produce on this album. Um, This album, production-wise, is amazing. It is, to me, right up there with all the other albums that have stood out in 1992 in regards to being able to be a powerhouse production-wise. And you know what? To be quite honest, I sat back and thought about this and said, you know, when it comes to well-produced albums as far as production and beats are concerned, 92 might be one of the best years out there. And when you stack the albums up themselves, and we're going to do our top five at the end of this year, the production on this just sort of reinforces to me that when it comes to production, 1992 might be, when we talk about all time for hip-hop years as far as albums being produced, the beats on them, this might be up there right within your top 10 of years of hip-hop albums being produced within a calendar year of 1992. I'm telling you, you think about the Chronics, the Predators, the Daily Operations, the Stunts, Bloods, and Hip Hop. I mean, all those albums were just incredible, incredible albums. So getting on to the highlights, really, I like the way that the album flowed. I love the fact that they have these interludes and skits. Like, you know, you have the skits like, you know, it's the Jigaboo time and if I were president and then the whole thing about Pack the Pipe and then one of the more hilarious ones to me almost was turned into a song by itself, which is Quentin's On The Way. (laughs) It's funny. It sort of reinforces the fact that, again, this is something where this group 
wanted to be fun-loving. They were a little bit free-spirited. They definitely wanted to provide a different outlook on how life was in Southern California. These guys who have been involved in the game, first as dancers, now as hip-hop artists, and it gives you a little bit of a different perspective. But as far as tracks are concerned, I do like Oh Shit. I love the beat. I love that this is the first song that starts out the album. I love the Soul Flower remix. Love the Soul Flower remix. I thought each one of the MCs who spit on here did their thing. Booty Brown to Trey definitely did their thing. Fat Lip as well. On the DL is a song that when I listened to it, <laughs> it was crazy because it goes in so many different directions, right? So you have three different MCs on here spitting three different verses. And the verses all go into like a different direction in regards to things that you want to keep out of the public eye and away from everyone else because you don't want everyone knowing your business. And so what you get on it is guest star Buckwheat talking about basically him beating his joint while his girlfriend sleeps in the other room. Imani talks about a shooting where he shoot and kills a guy who breaks into his house. And then Trey talks about the whole thing about, you know, talking about relationships and different things about your rap careers. I thought it was one of the more creatively well done tracks on the album. Now, Officer is another one because when I think about Officer and the fact that they talk about their encounters with the police as far as being pulled over for a suspended license or the fact that you're getting caught smoking weed while driving, it all sort of talks about like all these different things like, hey, like at this point in 1992, interactions with police were definitely a hot topic. But this added a little bit of humor to it because it's like, hey, of course you're going to get pulled over by a suspended license. And yes, you've already been smoking in the car to make things even worse. It reminds me a little bit of Devin's go fight another crime from to the extreme where the cops pulled them over for smoking weed and they risked that he would go fight another crime. So you got to love it, though. I mean, I, I love the humor that comes out of Officer and again, another creatively done track. Your mama, I mean, listen, it's fun. You got to, <laughs> this is something in 1992 in the fifth grade, like I said, the guys would sit there and we would know this song and know the hook word for word. And we would talk about it and we would yell it in the, in the hallways to the point where they told us we couldn't sing it anymore. <laughs> the classic passing me by, I mean, this is, listen, man, it's 30 years later and this song still is their most popular song. The production on it has been sampled by other artists and they have taken that beat, which is a sample. Of course, a couple of different samples melded together. But this, you got to love it, man. This is a song that will stay with the far side for as long as music is going. Um, another one of those classic 1992 hip hop tracks up there with Reminisce, Over You, up there with the It Was A Good Days and Nothing But A G Thing. Like, when you talk about those classic tracks from this year, this is right up there with the top five, man, to me. And this is a great, great track. Other Fish. Now, the one thing that we don't hear a lot of is we hear a lot of talk about female interaction on hip-hop albums, but sometimes we don't hear a lot about, hey, relationships has ended, now it's time to go find somebody else, and there's plenty of other fish in the sea. And what I loved about this is that, hey, I'm glad that they had took the time to make a track out like this, because... You know, there are other fish in the sea. And to hear a hip-hop group put something out like this, you know, I definitely found it entertaining to listen to. And I thought it was something that eventually now we'll get into the story about other fish and how this played into the group and their turmoil. But considering the fact that everything was going on behind the what was going on with this song, gotta love it. Pack the Pipe, probably one of my one or two favorite tracks on here. 
again, being as somebody that used to partake and knowing the type of pipe they were talking about, not a crack pipe, but you know, nothing's better sometimes than a good bowl. You know what I mean? And <laughs> being a smoker, I can definitely appreciate that joint. And this album actually, man, is a really good, decently smoking album. I mean, honest, you're dealing with a bunch of cats on here who definitely smoke, who enjoy weed. And this is an album that you definitely love to smoke to a great, really, really great close to the album is return to the B boy. Awesome beat. Love the break beat on here. I uh, thought that the lyrics on here were great, but I love probably more than anything else on this album was that everybody sort of played their role and where everyone contributed, everybody sort of got into their lane and got into their pocket lyrically and stayed there. And what it was is that it sort of made all the, like, if you have a pizza, right, this album is a pizza, somebody's lyrics or whatever, a flow is the pepperoni and somebody else is the sausage. Then you got mushrooms and peppers and whatever else, ham, whatever else you want to throw in it. No pineapples. We won't put pineapples on pizza people. Nah. So, <laughs> but you put all that and then you, you know, put the pizza in the oven and then you bake it up, and then what you got is deliciousness on a slice. And <laughs> that's really what I loved, is that everybody sort of stayed in their pocket. Return to the B-Boy is a great example of that. How the four MCs on here stayed in their pocket, did their thing over a very, very nice breakbeat. And that ends the album out. But overall, gotta love like the pacing on this. Love the pacing, love the feel, and also the humor that's on this. There really is an alternative to what was going on during the West Coast during that time. But to hear the story about other fish in regards to what was happening that led to turmoil, according to Mike Ross, who was the co-owner of Delicious Vinyl, the song Other Fish caused issues within the groups. And he said that within Brian Coleman's Check the Technique that Fat Lip took offense to a solo song being released as a single from the album. And he didn't want to appear in this video that they had. So as a result of taking that success that they had with Passing Me By, the promotion of Other Fish caused a lot of turmoil and rift between the group, which only continued to just sort of linger on and linger on and linger on. And then eventually there was a lot of things happening beyond that. There was a lot of like reports of like there being fighting and arguments between the groups. And then while there was a lot of fun and humor that was going on, Yes, there were a group of people that definitely, when it came together, they were a bad mix. Like, they were not really a group of folks that have seemed to get along with for a very, very long time. So, some of them were fight while they were recording. They were arguing. There would be brawls. There were especially fights between Trey, Jay Swift, and Fat Lip. Now, Jay Swift left after this album. They were always bumping heads with each other, and then eventually there were problems. Eventually, the group then it splintered, and they came back together. And as a result now, Farside is only made up, I believe, of, I want to say Slim Trey, Imani, and then also Fat Lip. Booty Brown is no longer a member of the Farside any longer. So that's who makes up the Farside now. But there was a lot of things going on behind the scenes, though. But beyond all that... Really, really just strong performances. Lowlights, I don't really have any lowlights per se. The song, For Better or For Worse, I thought it was a cool song. I just, I like other tracks better than I like that track on there. But other than that, I mean, I thought that it was a great album. I thought that this was, it flowed well. And uh, production-wise, it was something that was amazing to listen to. And it really was a pleasant listen to for less than an hour to be able to go through this album track by track. Not really any skips. Notable Quotables. My notable quotable actually comes from Pack the Pipe. <laughs> and it comes from the second verse. It comes from Booty Brown. 
And this is like one of my favorite verses, not just from this far side album, but probably of, of any album or any track that they've put out. And it's because I relate so much to what he was saying in the verse. I look in every hip hop magazine. It seems that the blunts are being passed around the scenes and teams and the ganja man with contraband and lesser amounts. I guess because I understand he has a chance he passes like founts, but his pass is incomplete because I can tell in the smell to let the Dutch pass me by. Let the left catch hell. If I wanted to smell tobacco, get a skinny white bitch. I know the fat lip carries a pack to cure the nicotine itch. Cause the only itch I have is for the endo assess. So don't pass me with that mess or even try to protest that it's adding to the flavor. Cause the old one was fine. Why don't you pack the pipe and keep it moving down the line? Enough said. <laughs> Not much I can really say to argue about that, man. I, I really love the feel of this song. And that verse, of course, resonated to me more than any other verse on that song. Like I said, that's one of my two of my favorite songs on the album. Final verdict. So my final verdict on Bizarre Ride 2, The Far Side, and I want to sort of preface what I'm about to say, why I'm giving this rating for the reason I'm giving it to. I mentioned about To Whom I May Concern, and I wish my brother George was here. Those two albums, along with Bizarre Ride, really helped establish the alternative scene in West Coast hip hop. And you see that in the development of groups that would follow after them. And you saw it in the groups like Hieroglyphics, The Coop, Jurassic 5, also as well, Black Alicious, shout out and rest in peace to Gift of Gab, Dilated Peoples, just to name a few. I mean, those are just the groups that I'm talking about that may have been directly influenced by those wave of albums that came out within a span of 13 months of each other that provided this other scene in the West Coast that gave the West Coast hip-hop scene a little bit of complexity, right? Because nobody wanted to make it all one-dimensional. Like, everything was all partying and bullshit and gangster rap. Like, no. You also had these as well. And when you look at those groups and how influential they were on all the acts that followed after them, either on the West Coast, all throughout the country, and then eventually people who followed them throughout the world to create this type of music, that type of hip-hop. It speaks volume. And just to talk about the quality of this album, great production, love the lyrics, great MCs, good chemistry on this album. And the fact that legacy-wise, it has provided really an alternative to what the status quo was at that time. So as a result of that, I'm giving this the status of it being a certified classic, a rating of a nine out of 10. And I just think that, you know, when you think about all that put together in, re in regards to the fact that it's just classic enough just on the merits of its own of just the music that you're listening to when you add into the legacy and influence that it had on on west coast hip-hop on that alternative scene yeah certified classic without a shadow of a doubt so bizarre ride to the far side by the far side 30 years old this week make sure y'all go check it out so what do y'all think about it hit us up on social media Continue the conversation with us on Twitter, on TikTok, also on our YouTube page. Make sure you're hitting us up as well on Instagram. What do you remember about this album? What are your memories? Hit us up. We love to continue the conversation. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show. Check out our past episodes. Join our mailing list. Leave a review. Or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show. 
or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.